Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Rifles Only Accuracy Podcast, everything center fire and rim fire. Uh, thanks for listening. If y'all didn't get the latest one that we have up from uh, Michael Bocciliaria from Leupold, he um, he blew some more minds on uh, optics information and stuff like that. I always learn something new from him every time he comes on. He's been on twice. He's agreed to come on again. Again, uh, ROAP at RiflesOnly.com. If you have any questions about any of the stuff that Buck had to talk about or any of our previous guests or anything else or anything that's shooting related, training related, uh, gear related, whatever the case may be. But uh, as you know, we're just finishing up the 2023 brawl here at Rifles Only, and we have a very special guest, the guy who won it. David Weiss, say hello. Hello. Man, th- <laughs> thanks for taking the time to come on. I know, you, I know you're running two different things out there. Um, tell, tell us who you are, where you're from, how old are you, what do you do for a living? Uh, my name is David Weiss. Um, I am about to be 48 years old, getting up there. Uh, <laughs> I live in Central Texas in Bryan College Station area, and um, I am half of Weebad, and I also ranch cattle with my father. Oh, nice, oh, nice, beef cattle. Nice. And you do you do that like part of it, part of the day, and the other part of it, the other part of the day? Yes. So usually my mornings are out in the pasture and my afternoons are at Weebat. Okay. How many head do y'all run? Uh, I think we have about 240 right now. Oh, so you're, that keeps you busy. That's a big job. Yes. Yes, it does. Yeah. No question. Well, tell me a little bit about Weebat. How did that get started and, and, and where are y'all going with that? Where have you been? Where are you going? What do you see for the future for Weebat? Uh, Weebad started between a friend and I on a hunting trip, which it was nowhere related really to the shooting industry, even though I had already competed in several competitions at rifles only, sniper's hide cups and things of that nature. But we were on a hunting trip in West Texas, and a friend of ours was telling us the story where, I don't know if I can say this on a podcast, podcast, he trusted a fart and he shouldn't have. Yeah. Um, and we decided we needed to make a toilet seat that went into a ball hitch of a truck in case you got into an emergency. That was the original thought behind it. And my business partner and buddy was the one that came up for the name with the name of the company, which is a combination of his last name and my last name. Right. We some bad. All right. And so how did, how did the toilet seat work out? Uh, well, we did, we talked about it and laughed about it and uh, told our buddy about it. He was telling us the story, of course, while we were on the hunting trip, while we were sitting around the campfire drinking beer one night. Yeah. Um, and then we did some research on it, and somebody had already made one. Yeah. So we were uh, a little late to the party on that one, even though we thought it was a great idea at the time. But at that time, I was in the middle of a break from shooting competitions because I just had my second child and things like that. Mm-hmm. And when we started started trying to get back into shooting and things like that, I started talking to friends in the shooting community, and they were asking for certain things, you know, like, I wish somebody made this or somebody made that. Um, and so basically, I bought a sewing machine and started sewing things and trying to make things to solve problems um, in the shooting industry, things to increased stability and increased hit percentages and things like that. All right. Very good. Had you, had you sewn before? Did you have any experience with that or this is something you had to self teach yourself? Uh, kind of. I mean, I, back in seventh grade, I took uh, home ec because mm-hmm. all the cute girls were in it. Right. That's um, a good reason. So we had to sew in that. Yeah. And then in high school, 
my freshman or sophomore year, I tried to make some skateboarding pants back when I used to skateboard. Yeah. But uh, just trial and error, making stuff and asking questions from people who already know how to do this sort of thing. And people were very, you know, friendly and open and whatever. And then just trial and tribulation. Right. Well, well, how, how big is we bad now? How many people you have there? Uh, we now currently have 12 employees, not including my business partner, Robert and myself. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been very blessed. We've had pretty much the same workforce now for six to seven years. Mm-hmm. We've had a few drop off and a few additions, but most of the people that have been with us have been with us for a long time. So they're definitely family. Yeah. Well, good, good, good. Well, how did that, how did that, uh, we bad work through work through the COVID uh, years? So did y'all slow down? Did you speed up? What happened? I know what happened to us. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, uh, an interesting time. Uh, my business partner and I both went up and shot match in Oklahoma when they were talking about this COVID thing. Mm-hmm. And literally we came back on a Monday and everything started locking down that week. Wow. So we weren't sure what to expect. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a blessing for us. I mean, I don't know if people just had more time on their hands or what the deal was or whatever it was, but we had a very strong year in 20 and 21 both. Right. Um, so we were very fortunate. Yeah, so did we. And I thought that was interesting. More people were, were uh, I guess, I don't know what, I don't know what it was, spending more time on the range or something like that. I don't, I have no idea. I don't know, but it was, we were very blessed as well. So, um, and continue to be, and I know you do as well. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Well, let's let's talk a little bit. Uh, you you won the brawl, and I want to I want to get into that. But let's let's talk about the gear that you're running right now. What's your rifle? What's your scope? What's your caliber? What what are you? I think I'm assuming that you're using Webad nylon um, products. Uh, Webad and rifles only. <laughs> oh, they're really good. <laughs> you're glad to hear that. So, but yeah, 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 yeah. So the sling I use is rifle only bungee or carbine sling. I'm not sure what you refer to it as now Mm -hmm. but uh that's always the sling i've used since you guys released it um it's a great sling it allows you to do a bunch of different things um although i did use it as a traditional sling when we got a stage that was 85 yards i believe Mm -hmm. at a three inch popper Mm -hmm. i also used it in the helicopter as well and just wrapped it around my body and used it to kind of push down on the rifle to uh, stabilize the helicopter on the road okay so it's a very useful piece of gear, especially when you have something where you're not on a solid prop or something. It gives you a chance to kind of not really at a contact point, but just to stabilize everything by putting tension on yeah. the rifle. I always say that once once that bungee starts to engage, the wobble gets a lot smaller. Yes. Yes. Well, very good. What, so what and then I, the rest of my gear is yeah, talk uh, about that. a tater tot, uh, which is a sand-filled bag. It's it weighs almost 11 pounds. Mm-hmm. There's been a huge transition and I've been coming to rifles only for almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. And in that time, things got lighter mm-hmm. in like the 2011 to 14 time frame, And now everything has gone the complete opposite to super heavy. Right. Um, while my rifle is, is down to about 20 pounds now, which is actually lighter than it's been in previous years. Mm-hmm. I'm still carrying an 11 pound bag around because it gives me that little bit more stability and, and accuracy. Right. And what gun are you shooting? I'm shooting a impact precision, mm-hmm. um, short action and six BR, uh, with the barrel spun up by Studeville precision, Wade Studeville, who's 
also a alumni of rifles only. Yeah, yeah. Many wins there. Over yeah, the he does. He does. He he won. He's won here quite a bit. Uh, quite the shooter, that guy. Yeah, yeah. He's all right, and he's quite the interesting cat too. If you start talking to him about noodling and things like that. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's um, a country boy for sure. Yes, that's for sure. Um, I run a Vortex Gen Three Razor. They've mm-hmm. been real good to me. Um, Hawkins rings, uh, MDT chassis, the new uh, ACC Elite. Mm-hmm. They've been running it now for a couple months, and really like the upgrades of the original ACC. Mm-hmm. And uh, Eric Cortina Tinder Break. I'm okay. running one of those as well. Okay. And Sounds there's good. there's kind of a mixed mixed feelings. Either some people believe in them, some people don't. I've I'm of the camp that I believe that they work in some form or fashion and it's kind of like a placebo effect. If you believe they work, they probably will. Yeah. 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 It's, it, it doesn't really matter, man. I mean, if it's, if it's working for you and obviously it is, uh, <laughs> then <laughs> I, I'd probably, probably stick with that. Well, very good, man. Very good. Well, uh, your, I want to, I want to cover the brawl from your perspective. I mean, I can sit here and cover it from my perspective. I'm the guy who designed it. Um, you know, it, it, of course, getting getting a shooter's perspective on that, I figured, you know, who better? You had uh, one of the all-time highest uh, hit percentages during this event uh, at above 77. And usually usually the winner here is in the, you know, 60 to 66, 67 range. And so uh, congrats on that. Uh, very good shooting on your part. Well, thank you very much. I mean, I was fortunate on some stages to get some consistent wins where it didn't pick up and lay down. I'll definitely say that. Um, and I've shot better than I ever have on some of the stages that, you know, like the helicopter stage, which we usually see every year in some form or fashion. Um, that's always a challenging stage. And I happened to, I think, have a stage win on that one. Or as far as the best score, I think I got 14 out of 15, which for me, that's usually a 9 to 11 if I do well. So I was just fortunate to have a good weekend. Well, fortunately, I have all of your scores right in front of me. <laughs> so let's talk about that. Let's let's just go through let's go through the events and tell me tell me how you tackled them. Tell me what your what your thinking was. Um, the the first one is um, uh, FD's walls, and I know that that event is is fifteen rounds, and you're doing there's three different heights of walls, and so you're you're putting five rounds on one height, you move to the next height, which is lower, and then the last height is actually higher. That's you got like a, a kneeling, a sitting, and a standing. And you're, it's all supported off those walls. And your score on that was 14 out of 15. And so that's, uh, that's, that's pretty impressive. I mean, a lot of people time out on that one. Tell me, how'd you tackle that? What, what was going through your brain? Well, first, let me start by saying there are 15 round stages at rifles only. And knowing that going in a couple of years ago, I built myself a 15 round magazine okay. to save on time okay. specifically. I mean, you have to remove your mag every time you move anyway, but just having one mag to kind of just deal with one mag while you're moving actually helps. I don't know how many seconds it saves you, but time is money, so to speak. Um, but I just I just tried to square up the rifle and fundamentally break good shots. And, you know, I can't remember what my wind hold was on that, but the, I figured that the barricade seemed fairly stable and most people that were may be timing out, but they seemed like they're breaking good shots. They're making impacts. Mm-hmm. But the main thing was just to make sure I, you know, had the fundamentals and tried to break clean shots. Um, my miss on that stage was because my jacket caught my buttstock right as I was getting into the rifle. And right before I broke it, I kind of went down with my cheek, which my jacket pulled my gun down. So my bullet went over the target. Ah. 
<laughs> little things, man, little things. So you, you actually built yourself a, a 15 round magazine for some stages at rifles only. Yes. Wow. Yes. I have it in my backpack at all times, specifically because I know that there will probably be some 15 round stages with a lot of movement. So managing one magazine, you can change mags and stuff, but if you have one that you can just keep reinserting and removing, yeah, it'll save you some time. Well, good, good. Well, that, that sounds like it's pretty good. I, I know the walls are, the walls are pretty cool. You know, we had built those, we had built those for an obstacle course race that we used to do called berserker games. And so whenever you got 200 people going over those walls, you know, they, they're pretty stable. Like you say, they don't move much. They're pretty heavy. We have to, we have to move those around with the tractor, the, the bucket on the tractor, because they're, they're way too heavy for, you know, two people to carry around. So I, I I'm kind of proud of those, you know, that we could transition those over to the, to the shooting sports because it, it, they're a really good piece of equipment. So I, I'm glad you enjoyed yeah, they've lasted a long time. Yeah. Yeah. They've been out here for a long time. Next one is you got uh seven out of 15 on the 420 mover. Um, I think we were doing that on day on Friday, didn't we? Yes, that was day one. Yeah, that was that was a that was a pretty rough conditions day. Uh, there was some winds that were a little bit crazy. So talk about that one a little bit. So when I was looking at that one, you could see that there were some mirage down there and everything. But once you got on the scope, you didn't realize how much until you got on the scope, you did not realize how much mirage there was. Mm hmm laying on the ground, which you think in the forties or fifties with higher winds, it would be not bad, but the biggest obstacle of that one was differentiating where the edges of the target were as it was moving across the burn mm -hmm. doing the barrage. Right. Um, so I, I hit seven to 15, which I thought I had done pretty bad until I, you know, talked to some other shooters like, Oh yeah, I got five or I got seven or I got six. And so it seemed like we were kind of all in there together. Yeah, it was, but, a, uh, it was a, it was a, yeah, it was a pretty, pretty low scoring event. You know, Lindy, Lindy runs that. And, um, you know, for training, we'll run a 10 inch target on there. Uh, but for matches, he switches out to a seven and a half inch. And so that's a um, seven and a half inch target, you know, at 400 and what is it? It was 400 yards, 420 yards. That's, that's not an easy one. No, not at all. And the barrage boys that made it extra challenging because like i said it was hard to make out the edges of the target right i hear you i hear you well that uh that leads us into the next one this was off the tower and this is um this is a, an event that we came up with we had um jake vibbert build us some steel targets <laughs> that measure 0.2 from 300 to a thousand and so the way it is is you go up and you choose which one you're going to pick if you choose the 300 yard target and you hit it then you get three points. If you choose the 700 yard target and you hit it, you get seven points. But if you miss it, you can follow it up with a second shot for half the point. So if you're, if you go for the thousand and you miss it on the first shot, if you would have hit it, you would have got 10 points. But if you miss it, you can try it again for five points. And I noticed I wasn't up there when you shot that. And we didn't talk about this even before, but I noticed that you got five points on that. Did you go for 500 or did you get half at a thousand? I got half of a thousand. Wow. All right. <laughs> nice. So, so last year we shot a similar stage and I went for 800 and I saw my miss and corrected and my miss went in exactly the same spot as my first one, even though I corrected, mm -hmm. <laughs> which I kind of laughed at. And this year I was like, Oh, please don't let it be. But the, the biggest challenge for that stage also was the fact that the ROs kept us off glass until we were getting ready to shoot. So we had to pick which target we were going to shoot at before we looked through glass. Right. And I sat there and debated and debated and thought about going for the 500. And 
the probability, but then I started thinking it's still point two wide, and kind of as you rotate to the right towards the thousands, the winds are going to become more head-on mm-hmm. because the wind was coming from the north. So you had more of a crosswind at 500, even though it's closer than at 1,000. I was like, well, if I miss it and I see my miss, I should be able to make a correction and impact. Right. Um, whether that was sound logic or not, that's kind of how I talked myself into going for the 1,000. Wow. Well, it paid off. You got five points on it. And uh, looking looking down here, we don't we don't have we got one ten in there. Uh, lots of lots of zeros, lots of fours, twos. Uh, you know, on the whole analysis there, I think you, you you scored pretty well for that one. There were some people who scored above you, but not many. So probably a good choice on your part. Yeah, I mean, I I do go into the logic in my head, and that it made sense at the time. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you, if you're, at least if you, at least my thought process worked out because I saw my, I saw my myth, I measured it in my scope and I made my correction and it worked. Yeah. So. Well, very good. Well, probably it didn't work last year because the wind switched on you between shot one and shot two. Yeah, maybe. No, I didn't take very long. It was off bottom left corner and top right corner, just off top right corner and sent it in the exact same little spot. Yeah. Bottom left corner off the edge. <laughs> Tough to say, man. Tough to say. Well, good job on yeah. that one. The The next one is, we, we call this one freaking culverts. And it's it's three culverts that are shaped kind of in a U shape. And so you're starting at port arms with everything you know, in your in your hands and you move up. And you've got, uh, on this, this year we did it, you had four shots from your left shoulder. Two of them were on... Uh, Lima target, which is 300 yards away, and two of them were on Bravo target, which is roughly 420 or something like that, 410. And so from there, you move to the middle culvert, two shots either shoulder on Bravo, then you move to the right culvert, and it's the same uh, Lima and Bravo, Lima and Bravo uh, sequence from the right shoulder. And so on that one, you know, that's that's a total of 10. On that one, you got eight. How'd you tackle that one? I dialed the far target yeah figuring the most wind was going to be there and i would hold under on the near target which i think it was exactly one mil or close to one mil mm-hmm. um, was the difference in elevation so i figured that would make up some time and then i watched the shooters before me i not i mean this is from learning from other shooters that are much better than me and have been doing it longer than me and just uh doing this a long time i was watching other shooters and how they were attacking the you know the problems of how to transition the two angles and stuff between three culverts, which are kind of aiming in different directions. Mm -hmm. Um, And I decided to use my bipod um, for front support and my bag for rear support. Um, After watching about five or six shooters go and looking and seeing what they were doing and what they were struggling with. Mm -hmm. Um, And after thinking about it and thinking about it, and uh, I got on the line, it was time for me to go. And I forgot to hold under the first target for my first two rounds. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> <laughs> and then I hit the second two and I moved to the middle and the middle was far enough on my MDT elite. My bipod is far enough out because it's such a long chassis so that it wasn't a problem straddling the middle of the culvert, which was horizontal to the target. Right. And then the far right one, I used my bipod, no problem on the close target, but the right the far target at 420 or whatever it was, was a weird angle for the bipod. So I had to pull the bipod off and put a bag down and shoot off the bag to make those two shots. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. So you just, you just missed cause you didn't remember to hold under. That is correct. I <laughs> thought about it and thought about it. And by the time I got up there, I didn't go through my pre-shot routine, which somebody named Jacob Bynum told me a long time ago. Yep. Um, and totally, uh, just didn't, 
forgot about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I've, I've said it many times, you know, what, what are three words that make competitors just forget everything that they know and it's time starts now? <laughs> That is absolutely true. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Well, we got another unique one here that uh, you scored six on this one. Um, looking, there was, uh, I don't see anybody who cleaned. Well, yeah, there were some people who cleaned that one. You got six on this one. It's under the table. And that's um, three cross braces that you have to shoot in the same target, but you're moving from place to place. So it's more of an economy of motion type drill than it is an accuracy drill because it's pretty stable under there. I've shot that a lot. And you ended up with six points on that. But you also had the choice, the total of nine points for the exercise, but you also had the choice to just take one shot from the sling supported and it looks like that you went under the table what what was your thought process on that one my thought process going into that one is at least i'll end up with some points if i miss some shots yeah um some points are always better than no points um and while i do dry fire from time to time with a sling at home and things like that it's definitely not a strength it was probably i'm glad that we still have it at rifles only but it's kind of a lost art mm-hmm. for the for the type of shooting we do. Yep. And I just felt like my odds were better at making some points, whereas it's basically a, you know, a 50, 50 shot or whatever, you're either going to hit it, or you're going to miss it. So, yep. and then getting into that table, the older I get, the harder it is to get under that table and through that little, you know, little tight areas. Cause it is kind of tight and mm-hmm. each, each section gets progresses, gets tighter and tighter. Yep. Um, probably with a little more fitness and a little bit younger, it's probably a lot easier to maneuver through those. Or a smaller person. Cause you're not small. <laughs> no, no. And I, I was glad that uh, my buddy, Josh Hanley was there to help take the rifle and get that out of my hand so I could crawl from under there. He, sure, <laughs> he told me I sure was groaning a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember the good old days when we used to be able to stand up without making sound effects. <laughs> Yes, yes, or making popping noises. Yeah, yeah. popping noises, exactly right, <laughs> exactly right. Well, that takes us into another one that you were uh, scored really high on. In fact, uh, yeah, you were definitely looking through here. You were definitely high score for the event. But that was Erdingo. This is a two-position. Uh, you have uh, 10 rounds ten rounds for, uh, supported from a rope that goes across, and then you have to move to the back left window of the helicopter for another five rounds. 14 on that one. You've, you've done that one before. I'm sure that you've uh, come up with, um, uh, well, obviously, you've come up with a pretty good pretty good methodology for doing it. How'd that one work out for you? Uh, it worked out great. Um, I ran my bipod back closer to my mag weld because once you have to go to the second position, which is at the window, there's a, I don't know what you call that on the helicopter. There's a ledge. It's about a foot and a half wide, maybe mm-hmm. two feet. Mm-hmm. So I knew I could do prone out of the window mm-hmm. or not prone, but modified prone where I could use the, my hand to grip, grip the rear of the rifle mm-hmm. and shoot like that. But the main thing is the rope. It's always the rope. Yeah. And I've noticed that the rope has changed. Um, I don't think the height is the same as it used to be. But I, in my head, I was coming into rifles only. I was trying to plan how I was going to attack that. So it's always a challenging stage. Mm-hmm. And so I just ran my bipod back, put my gun on there. I had my sling on. And I figured if the sling was a problem, I would take it off. But I thought it would help stability. And it did. Yeah. Just by wrapping, putting it around across my body. And wrapping my outside arm kind of over and around it so I could tension the gun down, which made my wobble zone a lot smaller. Well, that's good. Well, I will tell you this. Um, I can promise you from the bottom of my heart, the rope is exactly the same. 
Is it? It's never been changed? <laughs> I've never moved it. I haven't moved it once. I've threatened to. I said, yeah. And I've said it like, I, you know, in jest said, yeah, you know, y'all, y'all practice this on one day and I go out and change it in the middle of the night, you know, but I don't do that, man. <laughs> <laughs> I have never changed well, that I've rope. Watched the corpus, I was going to say, I've watched the Corpus Christi SWAT guys and they run the rope between their objectives and the barrel. Uh-huh. Get lower. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, and I yeah. debated that mm-hmm. sitting there, but I was like, I'm going to go with what I know. Yeah, yeah, that's always the best thing to do in a match. Don't try something new in the middle of a match. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's good, man. Well, congratulations on that. That's definitely high score. The 14, the closest to you. Well, we do have we do have a 13 in there. We do have a 13 in there. Most of them, two of 13s, a couple of 12s, uh, then from you know 10s, and then you know all the way back down to you know there was one in there too. So yeah, that was that was a pretty good one. Takes us next to the tank trap. Now the tank trap. Um, I know that, uh, uh, Ryan Hay was the range officer on that one and I'm not sure exactly how he ran it. Y'all had two positions on that. Didn't you for 15 rounds? That's correct. Yeah. Okay. There was two different positions. It was 15 rounds. You had to do a mag chain. Uh, but he said, it doesn't matter where you can shoot 14 and move mag chain and shoot one, mm-hmm. or you could shoot one and, or you could shoot 10 and, you know, change mag when you run out of ammunition, the first mag, he said, it doesn't matter as long as you shoot rounds from both tank traps and you do a mag change in between. Mm-hmm. Well, 13, 13 out of 15 on there. That's that's racking up some points on that one. And looking at the rest of the scores, 13 out of 15. No, somebody cleaned it. So, yeah, you did have somebody that scored higher than you on that one. So that not bad, though. I mean, not many. You just had one that was higher than you. That was it. So nice shooting on that yeah, one, Yeah, I was too. fortunate. Yeah, that was, that was good yeah. shooting. I act like you might have seen a tank trap before. <laughs> Used to not be, but they're they're they've gotten pretty common in the long range rifle community in the last four or five years. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, a little bit longer than that. Uh, the next one is one. It's, this is a this is a rifles only staple. Uh, sometimes we do it close, and sometimes we do it far. But it's positional sling only. And I think, as you mentioned earlier, we shot it at eighty five yards. And again, I called. Uh, Jake at JC and I said, Hey, we're going to be shooting this one, you know, inside a hundred yards for the match. And so he made a three inch plate for me out of half inch AR 500. So it would hold up for the whole match. And it did. And it looks like that you scored four on that four out of 10. So, uh, you need to practice your sling supported stuff. <laughs> that is, that is the truth. Uh, it, it was, it was a tough challenge and that was the first thing I shot on day two. And I was like, I should just get out of the way while there's clean steel and I can see it. And I've got to, you know, I'm fresh as I'm going to be to be swung up just in case I've got a muscle wood or something like that, which you're not supposed to. But right. that was kind of the thought process. But the funny thing was Raul Graham behind me, his fling popped off of his rifle, I think, after he took his first shot and he hit six. Yeah. <laughs> which I thought was amazing and awesome at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I remember him talking about that. He says, they bring better, better, uh, better connectors next time. So it doesn't come off. So <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. good. Well, yeah, we went out there and looked at it. That, that target did take a beating, but it has no cracks in it. Uh, it's, it's just as good. You, you know, put a, you know, fresh coat of white Krylon on there and it'll be, it'll be waiting for us again sometime, maybe not next year, but the following. <laughs> so we'll, we'll probably see that one again. Um, good. We have more culverts. This is another, this is another one that's, um, it, it's three positions off of two culverts and there it, we do this over here on the, uh, on the road coming in. And so that one is just, you know, it's, you got 14 out of 14 out of 15 on that one too, man. I'm looking, I'm looking at the rest. I see one fifteen. Uh, only one person scored higher than you on that. 
Uh, and that's that this is only the second year that we've done that event. And um, I think it's the second year. I think it's the second year. What'd you think about that one? Uh, it was pretty straightforward for the most part. Um, we did shoot that last year as well. Mm -hmm. I know for, I can't remember if it's been two years, but we did shoot it last year as well. And the wind kind of got me last year. Mm -hmm. The wind stayed consistent on this one. And of course we had the wonderful Chad Hayworth and Kevin Drake are owing it, which those are two of my favorite people in the world. And I'm so glad to see them because I don't get to see them very much anymore. Yep. Um, and it was, you know, pretty straightforward. The wind stayed consistent for me. So the main thing was just making sure I broke clean shots and got square behind the rifle. Yeah. Well, it worked Four, 14 there. So that's, that's a, uh, that's a high score. There are a couple of people I'm, I'm seeing two fifteens now. So yeah, there were two people that scored higher than you, but that's a pretty, that's a pretty strong showing on that one. So congrats on that one. The other one here, we've been doing this Thank one for a long, long time. And it's the, it's a 550 court positional. And it's, I throw this in here. I throw this into the match so that people can rack up some points because the, it's a big target. It's only 200 yards away and you're resting with your forearm of your rifle in a 550 cord loop. And, you know, you, you're able to put your bipod out and press against the post that it's tied to and everything else. And it looks like you got seven on that one. I expected you to do better <laughs> than that. <laughs> oh, it was, I got everything set up and everything. The first seven shots were pretty straightforward. And that's one aim was the, when the gun settled, it was in the middle of the target. Mm -hmm. And then I missed one off the right edge on eight. And then on nine, I missed off the left edge. And then, and I missed off the right edge again. Yeah. Um, it is a pretty straightforward, uh, stage. And I actually went out here to my local range before I went, cause we've, that's been a staple for a long time mm -hmm. and they have some posts that we shoot off of. And I tied a piece of 550 cord to it and we're shooting a target at like 400 yards, trying to get ready for that stage. And mm -hmm. usually I do pretty well on that stage, but it was, it was definitely, after those first seven impacts and that first miss off the right, I think I yanked the next one off the left and then just missed the next one off the right. It, it happens at times you lose focus or things like that. Yeah. But it was, it was definitely not my best performance on that stage, but it is what it is. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the thing. It kind of knocks you off balance. You know, you get everything going right and then something goes wrong and you're like, ah, what the hell? <laughs> I've been there. I've <laughs> exactly. been there. I've been there. This one is a, is a, I think this is probably one of our most difficult stages and it is a moving target beyond 400 yards from a barricaded position. And so I see you got 11 of 15 on there and second place also got 11 and the rest of it. I see one person got 10 uh, and that's, that's it. The rest of them, the rest of the scores are pretty low on that. It was a, it was a, a low hit and you, you got 11 out of 15 uh, on a barricade mover. Um, that's, that's pretty good. I mean, that's really good. Cause that's that position that you're in is not stable. Um, and then your target's moving and it's little, uh, how, how'd you pull off that? So I'm going to give credit here as well. Some to, uh, Francis Cologne, mm -hmm. uh, who does the Miles to matches thing with Chad Heckler, but he, a long time ago, like four or five years ago, posted on Sniper's Hide a video of a mover that he had on his computer that you could use with a dry firing aid lens on your, on your rifle. So you could focus close, like in your living room floor. And yeah. Like the defat unit. Clean yeah, yeah. 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 We have those in the and rifle. And I reached zone. out to him a couple. 
Well, let me yeah. let me just quick post. We have those in the Rifles Only Pro Shop. That's uh, www.riflesonly.com. You got the guy who's got the high score on that saying the DFAT helped him do it. Uh, call and order. Thank you. Go ahead, David. <laughs> oh, yes. I highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, that's definitely something that I have become a disciple of. It took me many years of you telling me other to do so, but dry firing definitely is the best way to improve your shooting mm-hmm. at a rapid pace. But he, I reached out to Francis and said, Hey, you remember this thing from a long time ago? And he's like, yeah, he's like, I don't know what I did with that. But he sent me, he created another PowerPoint presentation with this mover, which basically all it is is a PowerPoint presentation where this little square that would probably be the equivalent of about a four inch square at 400 yards. It's a little bitty. Mm-hmm. And it just goes across the screen and stops behind like a barricade. And then it goes back across the screen and stops between the barricade. Um, and I just sat here on my living room floor and sat here and dry fired both prone. And I have a little barricade I drag in off the back porch and just sat here and worked it and worked it and worked it. Um, and I give a lot of credit to working on that dry firing before I left. Nice, nice, nice. I might have to reach out to Francis and get him to send me one of those too. Cause that, that sounds like, it sounds like you knew this, you knew this event was coming. Well, we've seen the mover off the barricade at least once or twice before, but I know always know there aren't that many places in the country where you get to shoot movers, but you've always had movers. Yep. Um, and so I know that I might see it in the various places. We might be shooting it prone off of a deck, which I don't even know if that, that deck is, is that deck still there. Uh, yeah, I still got it at 515. Yeah. Yeah. Which we've shot it off there. We've shot it support side off of there. So I tried to shoot it support side. Um, we shot off barricades. We've, I mean, there's been a def- bunch of different iterations that you've had over the years. So I tried to do all those before I left. Mm-hmm. Tried to prepare myself as good as I could for, unless I didn't figure out what you were going to bring this year, which you never know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we'll get we'll get to that one in a minute. Uh, thousand yard. This was this was pretty pretty straightforward. I think it was uh, ninety seconds for ten shots on a ten inch plate at a thousand. You got a uh, seven out of ten. Nice shooting on there. I'm not seeing, I see another seven. Uh, looking down, looking down, looking down. Nope, that's it. You had, you tied for high score on that one as well. So uh, it was kind of windy that day, wasn't it? Yes, yes yeah. it was. <laughs> Enough said probably, huh? <laughs> yeah, well, when we shot it, the when we shot the 10 shots, because we did the, we did the point two. Was that all? That was all. Was that all the same day? The point two, the thousand. I'm sorry, my brain is. Yeah, I, I think older. we did. A, we did a thousand, the point two, and then one that we haven't talked about yet. We're going to get to. Yeah. So the winds change between kind of all those. Right. But, but the wind on that target was anywhere from point three to like one point three mm-hmm. between the three different events. Yep. Yeah. Well, seven, seven's a good, seven's a good score. Yeah. We we're we're doing a class this week, and we were up on the tower on Monday, and it was. Man, a, a wind correction. I mean, you better you better get your round off within three seconds. Otherwise, it's just not any good anymore. <laughs> but that's just this time of year. This I think that's why we do the brawl the third weekend in February every year, is just because we know their winds are going to be challenging to say the least. Uh, we have another one. It was called All or Nothing again. Uh, JC Steel targets. I've always had a KYL rack at four hundred, and for this for this match, I had him do a KYL rack at 500 so i had a 10 inch plate a seven and a half inch plate a five inch plate and a two and a half inch plate and all of that was at 500 so it's all or nothing you can go you can do 10 rounds on the on the kyl rack and it's i guess just take your limits however whatever people call it these days or you could have one shot at a thousand 
And so it looks like that you got through there and racked up six points on that one. So you got the first three. Did you did you time out? Uh, how did that one go? Did you have to start over? What what, what went on with that? I started over. Okay. I I took an attempt. I hit the first three. My wind call was good on the first one, and I had my scope zoomed in to around thirty power, so I could really see what was going on out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw where I impacted on the plate, so I hit the first three, and it looked like my wind was still good. And by the time I got to the fourth one, it was not. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which you're looking at a very small half MOA target so yep. then I was like okay the smart thing to do is just get your six points and get out of here um, so I changed my wind call and hit the first three and stopped okay alright so you, you, you missed the last one on the first go around yes alright yeah yeah we see that it's frustrating huh yeah if it was a true KYL which we don't really see much anymore mm-hmm. I would have definitely stopped with three I probably would have stopped with two yeah just, just because I've definitely gotten in trouble before gambling and, and losing, which you seem to love those things that, you know, you know, risk reward thing. You got to risk a lot, but you get a lot of reward too. So in yeah. the, in the olden days of KOL, I'd usually shoot two and I'd only put two rounds in my magazine intentionally. Yeah. So there was no way I could let myself go for three. <laughs> oh man. There's a lot of different thinking on that. You know, we, we, we do this out at club matches out here. You know, we'll have a, you know, we'll have three events up there, you know, that, you know, you can, you know, that, I don't know, we'll have a thousand or, or the KYL at 400, you know, and then the, the TYL are, are the uh, 0.2. And, uh, man, sometimes you'll see people, they'll go up there with just two rounds. They say, I'm going to go for it all. I don't really care. And you see them win quite a bit, you know, but you also see some losers too. So yeah, I like, I like that all or nothing type stuff. It's, it makes you think it kind of say, well, where, where am I in the standings right now? You know, this is, this is something I need to think about, you know, can I afford this? Um, I don't know. I, I think it's good that you got to think at these competitions. Well, you told me a long time ago that long range shooting, I think is 90% mental and 10% physical or something along those lines. And it's yeah. very true. Yeah. Proper a lot appli- more what's going, prop- going on out there. Yeah. Proper application of precision rifles, a lot more about thinking than it is about shooting. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> very good. Well, the last event, um, the last event that we, that we did, and it was, it was Lisa came up with this one and I think she came up whenever she was walking on the treadmill, but you remember that song? <laughs> eight, six, seven, five, three, Oh nine. That was, yep. that was what it was. Those were your ranges. 800, 8, 600, 700, 500, 300, 0. So we've made 1,000 out of that one and then 9. So basically you have, <laughs> you know, you got, you have to make this thing work for you because you're going all the way from the spectrum from 300 all the way to 1,000 under time. And it's just 10-inch plates. And you ended up with uh, with ten out of I don't know what the possible score was on that. I'd have to go back and look at the book. But how did I think that it was fourteen? Yeah, I think it was. I think because there's seven there's seven targets, and a first round hit garnered two points, and a second round hit garnered one point. And so yeah, that was the way it was written. And so that that was. Tell me about. Did you enjoy doing that one? I did. I I enjoyed it. it was definitely uh, I. I definitely broke out my arm dope board and sit there and wrote down everything because it's a lot to handle and a lot to think about. Mm-hmm. So I had several different wind columns on my dope card as and well as the elevation for each one, but that way it would be a lot quicker right? Uh, to move around the range. But yep. I knew time was going to be at a premium because there's so many different engagements and so many diff- such a wide swing of the rifle. 
Right. It it is pretty wide up there. That's that's not that's not they're not all in a line. So they they kind of go out and fan off to the right. But yeah, that was that was that, you know, whenever we were um uh, you know, just prepping this one and, and, you know, getting the quirks out of it and everything else. I said, you know, I thought to myself, this will be an event that'll definitely bring back the arm board. Yes. Yes. Multiple targets, multiple wind calls. Um, it definitely challenges basically everything we, we do in this game. Yeah. Pretty um, much. But I missed my first two shots and then I don't, I think I had second round engagement to the other target. Um, I don't remember exactly how that all went down. Mm-hmm. I do remember that I went from five to three and I held under because I looked at my, I was about to start dialing my turret and I saw that it was like an even number. Mm-hmm. So I just held under and shot the close one because it was close. Yeah. She did a combination of dialing and holds for it. Yeah. My game plan was to dial them all. Um, but when I looked and I went to five and then I started thinking about time, I just looked at my dope board and I said, okay, well, it's like, I can't remember what it was like one, one point, four or 1.2 or something but in my vortex reticle you know it has two tenths hash marks on the vertical axis mm-hmm. so i just held under it put it on there and shot that one close which saved me probably 10 or 15 seconds by dialing another elevation right yeah because then you had to go all the way back out you know dialing from three and then for you three oh so you go from 300 your next shot is at a thousand that's a lot of dialing yeah yeah yes. very cool very cool man well Man, that that covers all the events. Your your total percentage wise was a seventy seven point four four, very high. Seventy four point three nine was was second place. So it was a uh, it was a pretty good pretty good stretch there, man. I, not not bad at all. Uh, one hundred and twenty seven, one hundred twenty seven total match or one hundred twenty seven points for you. So not bad. Very good. Yeah, I'm just so happy and thrilled. Um, I've been coming to your place since 2004, mm-hmm. which I camped out there with a, a redneck guy that used to work with you or for you named James Anthony. And it was a great time. Yeah. Um, and I've made lots of events. I've only missed a few years in there, but yep. I've met a lot of good people that have come and gone, and, but it's, it's always home. Yeah. It's where I learned to shoot. It's where I've spent the most time at. Um, yep. I've been blessed to know you and Jacob I mean, you and Lisa for so long, um, it, it means the world to me to be able to win this event. Well, man, we are, we are delighted that you won. I mean, very, very proud of you, uh, seeing you've come a, a long, long way with your shooting. And that was a, that was a hell of a performance this, fe- this past February. I'm telling you, I'm, I am very, very impressed. Well, thank you. Well, very good, man. That's uh, that pretty well wraps it right there. Um, we, we went through every event. Uh, full disclosure, we did have to we did have to get rid of one event. We had a KYL at four hundred, but we had a target failure in the middle of it, and so we did have to drop one event. But as you could tell, it I don't think it hurt the I don't think it hurt the match very much. We still had quite a few events. Um, had a really really good uh, lunch and good dinner afterwards, and so it I, it was really nice. It, it was I was very I enjoyed this one a hell of a lot. It was it was an easy one to do. Everyone who came out was you know really happy to be here. Uh, there were smiles all around. It seemed like everybody really enjoyed the match. Uh, was that the kind of the feeling you got, David? Yeah, it's always it's always a homecoming at Rifles Only because you see people that may not shoot as much as they used to, but they make it a special trip mm-hmm. just to come back home, like I was saying, and see those friends that you just don't see but once a year, and um, the competition 
flows perfectly smoothly with the open squatting where people can move from stage to stage and there's not really much of a backlog mm-hmm. or waiting. And uh, the food's always good and we always have a great time. Yeah. And what'd you think about the prize table this year, man? It was off the charts and, and podcasts leading up to it. We were talking to, you know, we've talked to several of the sponsors and then we've always had a list. Oh my God, that was a really good prize table. A big shout out to all the people who sponsored. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that was definitely one of the biggest prize tables I've ever seen anywhere. Yeah. Um, it was, it was very amazing. I was, I was lucky enough to uh, win the uh, lawnmower, which I am very thankful to Neeson Outdoors. Uh, I called and left a message to the uh, the owner the other day. I'm sure he was busy yep. with many endeavors, but uh, I greatly appreciated that. And I mean, it, it was amazing. I mean, everything was, I couldn't believe it. I mean, you guys have been doing this forever and know so many people, but I was there definitely uh, impressed by the generosity of everybody who contributed. Yeah. It, it, us too. Us too. I mean, jaws hit the ground, you know, when, whenever we got the response, you know, from all these sponsors, it was just, we're, we're always grateful for that. And it was, it was kind of interesting. I, I don't know of a match that's given away a brand new zero turn lawnmower before. Do you? <laughs> no, no. I, I will and, tell you this uh, though. It was the most, it was the most classic exit from a prize table because i called out your name as first place handed you a trophy shook your hand and i said what do you want you go i want the mower and i said well you got to get it out of here and man it's just like you got on it and started it and the crowd parted as you drove away it was like beautiful and luckily (laughs) i didn't run anybody over (laughs) (laughs) well it was it worked out really good man i think uh, there's pictures of that and i hope somebody got that on video because that was that was the most classic exit from a prize table for the winner (laughs) it was fantastic (laughs) it was great man it was great well, cool deal, brother. Well, listen, that we're we're about on the time that I usually run my podcast, and I, I again, I know you've got you've got two different businesses that you're involved in, and it, uh, taking the time to to spend an hour with me is is uh, taking away from probably other stuff you should be doing. So I'm I'm really glad that you did. Congratulations on the win again. Thanks for going through you know all the events and and how you tackled them, and I th- I'm sure that that's really good information for a lot of people. It, it's good information for me. Um, I'm I you know what it does is you tell me this and so now i know how to trick you next time see so <laughs> so i i appreciate the feedback you know and it's not it's not tricking it's just you know it is rifles only we we want to challenge you at these matches you don't want it to be you know a meatball match that you know just super easy and the same thing every time so that's why we change stuff up and and add new events because we want to challenge the shooters i mean it's it's been something that has been a rifles only standard forever we want to make better shooters and so these competitions man i i tell you what when you think back about the first time you came down here what we were shooting back then and what we're shooting now we're sitting shooting a lot smaller targets at a lot further away you know what i mean yes the caliber of shooter has gotten better the equipment's gotten better everything's gotten better yep yep and accuracy across the board has gotten better and that's good i think it's because people are just out doing it so very very thankful to the people who came to the match thankful to the sponsors and again thankful to you david for taking the time to visit with me man hang on with me let me thank you for having me yep yep and let me outro this just stay on the line with me all right sir okay all right guys thank you again for listening to rifles only accuracy podcast again if you have any questions for david uh you can send them to roap at riflesonly.com. get your questions in there i'll get him back on or i'll just ask him myself and tell you what he says but thanks again for listening thanks for taking part of your day to listen to this podcast